This is your official invitation to an event, a happening, a movement, lines of love and unity to celebrate beauty and diversity. Thursday, July 30th, 2020, your local time zone from 12.05 p.m. to 12.35 p.m. Get more information on the Facebook page and the Facebook event and the Facebook group, Lines of Love and Unity to Celebrate Beauty and Diversity. See you there. Welcome to Terrific Tips for Business, where we help you catch the ideas that stick. The point of the podcast is to help you overcome hurdles so you can master your business. I'm your host, Terry Watkins, owner and chief idea catcher at SpinFrogs Consulting, where I work with small business owners to find the pitfalls in their marketing and lift them to success. Let's get to the show. Thank you for tuning in to another terrific tips for business podcast. I am Terry Watkins, your host. And today we have Jeremy Funderburk with us from Charlotte, North Carolina. Over, He's the co-owner of the Elite Minds Marketing Agency. Uh, some interesting facts about Jeremy that I've learned in talking with him. He's a third generation fighter and he came from a family of high level TKD black belts. And his background was mainly in art, actually. He was published in comic books while he was still in high school. And then he went down the fighter's path to carry on his family legacy. So here's a little bit about Elite's inception. Uh, Jeremy was the general manager of a gym. And it was a really big gym, but it was struggling because they kind of refused to spend some money on marketing. Who can relate to that story? I know all of us small business owners can at some point, right? He noticed how important it was for marketing to help grow the business. And it was a skill set that he had developed while promoting himself on social media as a fighter. Uh, Jeremy invested in Ty Lopez's SMMA course and began studying how to start an agency. It turns out the operations manager at the gym actually used to also own an agency, and he was able to pick his brain about running an agency. And after a few weeks of talking, they got together an idea of a partnership. He doesn't like to do sales and interacting with people really wasn't his thing or do any kind of one-on-one face-to-face -on -one -face clients with meetings. But Jeremy got to be the face of the company and handle all of the personal branding. He would front the bit of the capital that Jeremy needed and do all of the physical work for the clients on the back end before they started bringing on the rest of their team. He would also help to develop the website and run the ads after Jeremy wrote the copy and created all the images. He's a pretty talented guy. The partnership has been pretty smooth and it turns out that they think pretty similarly, which is always great. Not all partnerships work that well. They're usually on the same page with things and nearly 95% of the time, so they get along great. Jeremy says they're very much still in startup phase, but they've gained a ton of hype fast and they're starting to make a name for themselves in the industry. Started out more as a generalist agency, but then they found a niche with the roofers and they're expected to go over 250,000 in revenue in their first full year of business. 
So now you kind of know why I wanted to bring Jeremy on the call today. So please join me in welcoming him. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, Terry. And thanks thank for having me on the show. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for being here. It's so nice to have you here. And we talked a little bit before our conversation today about who's kind of listening in. And so being a, a guru with the social media space, what's kind of one of the biggest misconceptions you found about social media and how have you been really able to help these small businesses navigate around it? Yes, great question. And I think I call it the new era of marketing because social media is just where the trends are going. And the biggest things I've found with a lot of companies are they're wondering like, do I even need a social media presence? And that's one side of the spectrum. The other side is the returns from the marketing. And so to answer the side, the question I typically get about, do they need social media? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, we're in 2020 now, but fast forward maybe 10, 15 years ago, where people were just starting to make that switch that everybody needed a website. And it's like, if you didn't have a website, people would be like, what do you mean you don't have a website? Like, are you a real business? Well, now it's the same thing with social media. <laughs> so yeah, it was like, I have found that to be true too. And, and there are a few businesses out there that don't have a website yet. Um, but you find that they run up against the question of, are you really a business though? A lot more than businesses who have an established website. And I think people who don't have social media are starting to get that same question. 100%. And it's crazy how before people could, um, word of mouth was so much different where you could be somewhere and it's, oh, what's a good place to eat? And you tell the person, then they go there and they eat at that restaurant or where's a good place to get my hair cut? And you tell them, then they go to that barbershop or salon. But now it's like, oh, really? And then they go on social media and then they look the place up on Facebook or Instagram to see the pictures of how everybody else reacts to it before they even attempt to step foot in the establishment. So Absolutely. social media is a face. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I love helping business owners with as well, because I'm also in the marketing space, is letting them know that social media is not just a sales tool. Social media is a start of a conversation. It's meant to be kind of a window into your day-to-day -day operations. And it's that peek behind the curtain. It's that sneak peek feeling that those individuals want to have when it comes to interacting or engaging with your business. Yes. So what's one of the, the tips that you have found to help your roofers be successful with letting their customers kind of get that sneak peek feel? Yes. So it's the strangest tip and everybody listening, bear with me. When you go on social media, don't try to sell stuff. <laughs> and people are like, but I'm on here so I can make sales. I'm like, yes, but if you're just, forcing sales down somebody's throat, they don't want to interact with you. You might as well be a telemarketer that's constantly calling somebody. But if you use it as the face and for your business and a way to build community and the culture, everybody likes to be a part of somebody. There's always that FOMO, that fear of missing out. And when you use that approach, that everybody wants to be part of the it thing. Like they want to be featured on your social media. Everybody wants to be featured. <laughs> and that's my advice. It's just use it to create culture. 
Mm, I love that. And, and you mentioned a minute ago too, about the idea of word of mouth and mm -hmm. word of mouth is kind of shifting. Have, have you noticed with your clients that their social media is kind of the new word of mouth, especially right now with everybody mm -hmm. being quarantined? Yes. Social media is absolutely the, the new word of mouth tagging people in posts and sharing posts with your friends and on your pages. Absolutely the best word of mouth you can get. So here's a question. You mentioned tagging your friends. Is there a good uh, social media etiquette for doing tags? Like, should you be doing something to let your friends know in advance that you're about to tag them in something? <laughs> um. Yes and no, because I think if you're constantly tagging the same people over and over and over again, it can kind of get annoying. Like my wife tags me in a lot of stuff for a lot of giveaways. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, that's my wife. I love my wife. I'm not going to get mad at her. I know why she's doing it. And then the other side of the coin is if the post you tag people in, if it brings them value, then they really won't get upset. So I'll just throw a lot of consideration to that of, who can I tag that will actually get value from this post? That's a really good question. Who can I tag that would get value from this post? Um, yeah, because you don't want to just randomly tag a bunch of random people. I get tagged a lot. I have mindset now that it doesn't go to my wall unless I approve it. And mm -hmm. I have a couple of people who will just randomly tag me in things. And I'm like, why are you tagging me in this? <laughs> Like, I don't want this on my wall. <laughs> it's not my exactly. industry. Um, I don't mind sharing people's stuff to my wall, and I'm happy to do it. I guess for me personally, I would rather have them, since they're not my spouse, they're just people in the community, I would rather have them come to me and say, hey, would you mind sharing X, Y, and Z? Or, hey, I just did a post about this. It would be awesome if you could share it. I'm happy to share it if you ask instead of mm. tagging me. But that's just me. I'm, I might be a little old school when it comes to social media. <laughs> yeah, everybody's different. It's, I think with everything, it's just a numbers game. Some will, some won't. But like, for an example, it's a local, but say like you're a, a seafood restaurant, you could easily do a post with like, you could give a coupon away to somebody. It's like, you know, get a free meal, tag uh, 10 people who love seafood in the area and get a free, free meal coupon. And then it's a, it's a double whammy. It's a win for everybody. Well, and in that case, that's a lot of fun. So talk to me about social media contests. What have you found has worked well in terms of running social media contests? Um, I think free is the biggest, that's the biggest market tool available, you know? So anytime you can offer something free and it doesn't necessarily have to be like, I'm just giving everything away for free. It's just to have the word free in there. So it could even be like a buy one, get one free or buy two, get the third free because there's free in there. People are more likely to act, you know, it's, you could have something that's, you know, that costs 25, uh, $20 and then $5 shipping with it. Or you could just charge $25 and say free shipping and 98% of the people are going to buy the one with the free shipping. Even though it's the exact same product, exact same cost overall, the word free just makes it pop. So any contest that has free in it, it's going to get attention. Okay. 
Um, have you noticed or do you think that running contests, is there like a frequency for running contests that is like a sweet spot? Like, should they be doing a contest every day or should they be doing a contest only once a month? Like, is there like a sweet spot that makes contests more successful? Um, I think each business uh, is different. I, I tend to find for some once a week is okay, some once a month. And it just depends on the the goal. Are you trying to get constant new like business out of it, new exposure? Or are you trying to get a longevity of exposure where you use one month and allow people to continue to build in the contest, which creates the longevity? Or do you just want a bunch of quick hits? It's like, all right, this week, this is the chance to win. This week, this is the chance to win. And then it's just a constant game. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just... I recommend people try whatever works for their business and what works, works, keep doing it. Maybe both of them work. Cause it's going to be different depending on the industry. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so I, I know that social media is like the biggest challenge for a lot of business owners. They get tripped up on it. It's, it's kind of can be cumbersome to use, especially if they're trying to do it from a phone uh, when it comes to doing social media ads, can you shed some light on the difference between a boosted post versus an ad for the listeners? Yes. Um, great question. Because it's crazy because I do boost from time to time, but I typically tell people don't boost, you're going to waste your money. If you don't understand the thought process and the purpose behind it and what you're trying to do, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't boost. And typically the way I look at boost is I'm going to boost a post and I'm not going to get a financial gain or return from that, but I'm going to get extra exposure. I'm going to get exposure to a new crowd and it's going to increase my engagement. Now, when there's an ad, that's something completely different. The imaging, the words, or as marketers call it, we call it copy. And that's just the words with the intent to sell. Um, the copy is going to be different. The way I target it and set up a whole targeting campaign behind it, it's going to be completely different. Advertisement is where I'm actually trying to use a call to action to get somebody to act in some type of way, whether it's click on it or buy, give me your information, something. When it comes to the ads, and and that's beautiful, thank you for clarifying the two. So if they want to just get increasing exposure, then a boosted post is a good idea. But if they're wanting to increase their revenue and get a return on investment, then an ad is going to be a better idea. Like running a commercial ad on TV, right? Exactly. When it comes to doing the ads and the creative in the ads, have you found a difference and what is the difference between doing like a static image versus a video versus one that has long form text or short form text? Like, have you noticed a, a difference? And what is that difference? Yes, there's absolutely a difference. And I encourage everyone to play with all of them because there's so many different types of ads. There's so many different types of uh, techniques and strategies. And you're really just trying to figure out what hooks your your audience's attention so there's two types of people on the internet you have your searchers and you have your scrollers the searchers are the ones that get online they search specifically for you and like you get their business that way 
And for that, that's where more SEO and pay-per-click uh, Google ads come in. But for the scrollers, these are people that's just on social media. They're just scrolling. They're not looking for anything in particular. Then that's when you need to put your ad in there that interrupts their scroll and it hooks their attention and it stops them. So when you do that, you need an image probably that could just some shocking image that catches their attention. And that's where some of the static images come from. Then there's videos where the video might have something that hooks their attention. And the second step of the after hooking their attention is your story. You need to tell a story to get their attention. And the longer you can get their attention, the better. And people tend to like videos, but you have to know your, your, your audience. Because if you're targeting somebody who's probably at the nine to five all day and they're at work scrolling, Chances are they're not going to be able to listen in on your video. They can see the picture and they can read. But if there's somebody who has more flexibility and they can watch videos, then the video is good because it's a lot easier to connect and tell stories and sell through a video. So yeah. it's just knowing your audience and trying stuff out. So one of the things that I know comes up a lot for small business owners when it comes to creating that ad is Facebook is not always very clear on what they don't like about the ad. So can you shed a little bit of light on helping a, a business owner who's wanting to play? They want to just kind of test the market out a little bit. Maybe they don't have the ad budget to bring on a you to help them really like hone it in and make it amazing. Maybe they just want to play with a couple of things. Can you give them some tips that would help them make that ad be Facebook friendly? so that they can get it approved? Yes, um, and Facebook, they'll give you an option for a report. So if, you're, uh, if your ad gets denied, then you can click and see the details because my first ad got denied. I was like, why? And when I looked at it, they thought it was like an MLM ad. And I'm like, <laughs> this ad is nowhere close. It was for a free like ebook. <laughs> And I was like, this has absolutely nothing to do with the MLM or recruiting people. So Funny. it was kind of crazy. But Facebook, though. So the they, good news is, is that happens to everybody, y'all. I just heard that that happens to everybody. It's not yes. just you. <laughs> yeah. and then you could, it'll give you a button. You can click dispute. And then they'll look into it. And you know, the next day, my ad was approved in writing. Cool. When I did, when I've run ads, cause I've run ads from time to time before, I will say my dispute has not always had the fastest of re resolutions. Um, and their resolutions are not always the clearest. So if we can have a little bit of like best practices, what are some of the best practices maybe to follow for designing an ad? Yeah. Well, first of all, and I should have started with this was, Make sure you read the terms of service and know what you're allowed to do and not <laughs> allowed to do and make sure that you fit in those guidelines, first of all. And then it's just, you have to be clear. You need a lot of clarity. I mean, I've been putting together a eight week uh, coaching program for marketing and it's really designed to help people get perfect clarity in their marketing. And once you have that clarity and you know what you want to accomplish with your ad, then it's just easy. As long as it follows the rules, you have the clarity, you know what you want to accomplish. Everything else just becomes a piece of cake after that. I agree with that. I think clarity is important when it comes to your best business practices in general. 
Mm -hmm. um, clarity is important for running your household. Clarity is important when you're organizing your budget, whether it be for the business or for the marketing specifically. And mm -hmm. then, and then clarity is really important on every campaign that you run. So knowing what you want to do, who you want to do it for and how you're going to go about accomplishing that that's going to help you kind of lay that groundwork down so that then you're just kind of walking the steps to accomplish yep. those things. Exactly. Clarity is key for sure. Cool. Um, what's, what's a good idea for budget? I know a lot of small business owners don't have a lot of disposable budget and they hear all the time that it's really cost effective to advertise through Facebook because Facebook's the cheapest way to advertise, right? So what should they be expecting to pay when they're doing Facebook ads? Yes, great question. I'm glad you asked because that is my most frequently asked question. I'm and, sure it is. <laughs> and it's crazy because actually I got a video. I don't know if I've published it or not, but like the headlines is they say Facebook ads are expensive. And for someone like me, I'm like, they're so cheap. Like, <laughs> but then you got to realize if you don't know what you're doing with them and you don't have a full system behind it, then it can get really expensive. And a thing I pride myself on with marketing is it's not cookie cutter because I know every business and every audience and every customer is not the same. So every marketing effort shouldn't be exactly the same. So everything varies depending on the business and the approach. But I always suggest people start small. Don't waste a lot of money. Now, you have to be willing to fail, fail fast, and fail inexpensively. So I suggest like $5 a day, $10 a day is the great, like that's the great starting point. And then you have impressions on Facebook where it's like you can see how many people they've showed the ad to. Now, they might not have interacted with it, but they at least displayed it in front of these people. And I, I judge all my marketing off of how many people see it and interact with it per 1,000 impressions. So per 1,000 people Facebook shows it to. And off of that, you know, I have a certain, like, personally, I like to see t at least 10 people out of every 1,000 people they show it to actually engage with my ad. And if they don't, I stop it and I figure out what needs to be tweaked. And I just tweak one thing at a time. So I'll tweak the headline and see if that works. Um, if the headline was good and I'm not getting better engagement, then I'm going to tweak the, the copy, the words in the ad. If that's not doing good, I'm going to tweak the, uh, the image or the video that I use. And I'm going to keep making the tweaks until each piece fits right. And I start to see the returns that I, that I like. And then eventually it gets to a point to where every $1 you spend, you're making $2 in return. And then you have no ad budget at that point. You just spend as much as you want. Right. Exactly. Like just how, what kind of money do you want to print today? Like, yep. <laughs> let's go money machine. Make it happen. Um, I love that. And, and what I heard you say really is it's all a matter of test and measure. We yes. have to look at our ads and our marketing as a game. It's a game. Mm -hmm. It is. And sometimes you lose and sometimes you win. And the nice thing about this game is unlike um, going to the casino, for example, the house always wins at the casino. Yep. You might win, but you're not going to win real big. You're going to win kind of small. Facebook makes it so everybody can win big if they take the time to lose small. Yep. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And this Facebook's goal for, for people to win big. You know, they, they want in their algorithms constantly learning and trying to see who's engaging with your post so it can learn and show it to those people. But if you don't have the clarity and you're not testing things on the front end and you're just showing your post to a bunch of the wrong people, then Facebook's going to get the wrong idea and their software is going to show it to the wrong people. So that's a great point. We have clarity on who we're trying to reach. We have clarity on what we're wanting to accomplish. But is Facebook... What's the biggest growing demographic on Facebook? I guess would be the way to word that question. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to understand the question. How do you mean? So I know that we have, we have a million different social media platforms, right? We, we now mm -hmm. have TikTok. We have Snapchat. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have YouTube. We have LinkedIn, just to name a couple of the top ones. So as a small business owner who's listening, and they have an idea of who their target audience is. Is Facebook always going to be the answer or are other platforms a better solution for certain businesses depending on who they're trying to reach? Great question. Yes, so Facebook is not the end all be all. And it's a trend. Like I, I encourage everyone to know the basic concepts behind marketing. And then once you know that, you can take it to apply it to any platform any new method that comes out and I like Facebook because there's a lot you can reach on Facebook it works for me and the people I target but for some people like I know a lot of people who are in coaching and a lot of my coaching co consultation actually goes to the niche of coaches and they have a lot of business that's on LinkedIn now for me if I'm working with roofers I realize a lot of these roofers, they have LinkedIn accounts. Well, a handful of them do, but none of them actually get on LinkedIn. So sure. LinkedIn is not the best. But for roofers, a lot of their demographics actually on Instagram. And there's ladies who are stay-at-home wives. Their husbands make a lot of money. And they're just on Instagram scrolling, wanting to spend the money. And they're like, oh, we got a nice house. Let's get a new roof. And you just have to know your demographic and where they're where they're hiding at. Where where do they spend their time? Maybe they're on other people's websites and you need to get some type of banner ad and display it on somebody else's website. That's a great tip. Um, so that clarity is gonna be really beneficial to know exactly where to be advertising. Because Facebook exactly. might not be the answer. Mm -hmm. So true. But um, it's also a safe bet any... with Facebook. Oops, sorry, say that again. But you're also having a pretty safe bet when it comes to Facebook because most people are on Facebook. There, there is a huge population of people on Facebook. And it's kind of surprising to me. We're going to go down a rabbit hole for just a minute. It's kind of surprising to me that so many people are still on the Facebook trend after all of the uh, release of personal data that Facebook had just a year ago. Yeah, and... I think if anybody's in business and you have a competitor that's just crushing it on Facebook, that's probably one of the biggest blessings for us. Because if you go into a business page, fan page or whatever, there's a part that says page transparency. And we have to be completely transparent with all of our stuff on there. And at the bottom of it, it shows ads uh, offered or something like that. And when you click on it, it shows all of the ads that people are running. So I'm constantly on all my competitors and I'm looking at, all right, what ads have they ran 
and then I just see how well they did. Now Facebook doesn't show me their numbers, but see where uh, say they've been running the ad for the past eight months. I can look at that ad and say, all right, I know one of two things. Either A, this this ad is doing very well, <laughs> which is why they're still paying for it, or B, these people love wasting money. <laughs> so chances are the ad's doing well, and now I have something I can model. Not copy because that's illegal, but I can model it. Mm -hmm. Sure. That's really a great way to do some research. So for our small business owners listening, if you know who your primary comp competition is, go to their page and look at their page transparency stuff. It might shed some light on some posts or some content that you can create in terms of your ads that's going to help you be visible, more visible and successful with your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's excellent. Thanks, Jeremy. Good that's tip. For sure. Yeah. Um, so what's another frequently asked question that you get a lot when it comes to the social media work that you do? Um, yeah, another one I get is, and I was kind of alluding to it earlier when I was talking about the one is, do I need the social media? Then the other side is, you know, when can I expect returns? Yeah. And when I tell people that you're posting and you're not trying to get people to buy with your posts, then they're like, all right, well, how am I supposed to get returns? Well, when you built that environment, that's how you start to grow organically. People interact with you and they kind of develop a relationship with you. And then they just tend to give you their business because of that relationship and just a lot of reciprocity. I'm probably butchering that word, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but that take, it takes time for that to happen. But on the flip side, you run your paid ads now that's your offense. You're targeting these people. So when you're doing paid ads, you can typically like every once in a while I do a special where I'll tell roofers, you know, we'll give you a week free of our services. All you have to do is pay for the advertising. And after the week, if you're not happy with your results, then you don't have to do business with us. We didn't get any money. All that money went to Zuckerberg with Facebook. And in that one week, I can typically get them a pretty decent amount of results and that's because those ads are made to bring in revenue quickly so it's the combination of the two if you want to get your returns you build your posts and your following while running the paid ads and then the people that aren't just completely attracted by the ad and compelled to buy right now they tend to click on the ad and see the profile behind it and when they see the community that you're building then they develop that relationship with you and they give you your, the, their business in the future. Mm -hmm. And that's really where the biggest pull of money comes from. I call them, I call it the three days of marketing. You got your day ones, the ones that you know they buy from you the day and time they see you. And then you have the one days who's your biggest pull of money, who is cheaper to advertise to these people. And over time, they always give you your business. So you get the one days and then the third day is the, I call them the day nights because they not going to buy from you no matter what. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you mentioned building community because I think building community is at the core. I mean, we're business owners in the community. Most mm -hmm. of these small business owners are of the community. They're doing some mm -hmm. kind of volunteer work or some kind of donation, nonprofit support in the mm -hmm. community as well. So they already are of the community. 
but creating a culture within their organization that helps the community to see them and feel them and understand their heart allows the community to then be attracted to them and want to engage with their brand. And so building that community in that social space allows you to say, okay, this is what we're all about. This is why people love us. And if you can see how people are engaging with us, it's going to make you kind of want to engage yep. more. So what's a good way to help people engage with our stuff? Because sometimes it's kind of throwing spaghetti up against a wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. yeah. And to, to an extent, that's kind of what it is. You got to see what are people going to engage with? Where are they going to interact with? And once you start to figure that out and it just comes to the, the clarity and like when I talk about my program where we're developing that clarity, just in the first couple of weeks of just identifying who your dream customer is, I have over 50 pages worth of resources and worksheets and exercises to develop that clarity because you're going to discover who is my client, you know, why they buy from me, what's the conversation they have going in their head, what appeals to them, what are their likes, and what interests do they have. And when you know all these things and you're like, oh, well, we have this cause over here that we like to support, let's feature this to our, our crowd, our ideal customer, because they like the same thing. And then they want to be in line with you. Like I'm a, I'm a big family guy and there's a clothing brand, uh, a box service for clothes. And I love style. I mean, I, I see a nice suit or something. I, I have to buy it. And <laughs> it's called fashion stork and it's a box service. And a part of the proceeds goes to helping kids get adopted. And I was like, I love this, like, because of that mission behind it. It's like, I love the clothes. I love the mission behind it. Like, I'm in full support. Sure. And that's just a part of knowing your market. Yeah. I love that. I love that um, we as consumers are getting smarter with our money. We're trying to purchase from people and organizations who are standing behind a mission of some kind that's greater than, I have this widget, don't you want it? <laughs> right. So I think that's really a key thing. Um, let's talk a little bit about Facebook groups. There's been a lot of conversation in the, in the marketing space about creating membership based groups and what makes them appealing for the individual. Why would an individual want to join a membership based group? Yes, that's good. And Oh, I'm glad you asked. I was literally just studying more into this earlier today. Nice. I read about it for maybe an hour and I'm super excited about it because groups are, that's the way Facebook is heading. Like Facebook wants people in groups. They're incentivizing you to use groups to the point where they're running TV commercials, promoting Facebook groups. It's like the biggest advertising social media is paying for commercials to build these groups. Wow. I didn't know that, but I don't have local TV, so I wouldn't know. Either. I've read about it today. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So what's the benefit to a business owner to have a group? Yes. And as the business owner, it's twofold. You got to realize what's the benefit for the business owner and then what's the benefit for the customer. Right. And as the business owner, 
that group, they're there for you. So everybody in that group is interested in you, what you have to offer, what you have to say, what they can get a value from you. And if you have something of value to give to them, they're going to stick. And one thing I love about America, I know you have audience in multiple countries, but when you're in um, uh, America, we are, uh, I have, uh, so my father-in-law is from Iran and we were talking and they're like, Americans are just so brand loyal. Like it doesn't matter how much it is or if it's the best quality. When they find a brand they like, we stick to it. And when you have that group, you develop that brand loyalty. So these people are there for you and they don't want anybody else. Now you just have to give them the value. Why do they want to be loyal to you? What content are you constantly giving them? How are you serving people in this group? Do you give them special insights or do you give them special discounts or rewards or what's their incentive for being in your group? Yeah, that's a good point. And that's going to be what's going to attract people to your group. So mm -hmm. the reason they're going to want to be in the group and going to want to stay in the group is because they've obviously experienced some benefit, either intrinsic or physical benefit to being part of that conversation. Um, mm -hmm. It might be sneak peeks at new release products. It might be discounts mm -hmm. to different services. It might be inside information on a particular industry of something that's about to happen in, in the next six months that could impact their business. Mm -hmm. um, another thing could, I know I personally use groups for like my roundtable conversations. I have a couple yeah. different groups that are roundtable conversation type groups or masterminds. Mm -hmm. And those groups have bonus material. Like I'll drop a video that might just be beneficial for them and only they get access to it. Or mm -hmm. I'll drop a PDF or an Excel spreadsheet that's manipulatable with different data that they might want to track from that marketing perspective. When we're talking about marketing as a holistic nut, like I look at, not just the, the digital social space because that's just one slice of the pie right yep. the pie is really big when we're talking about marketing um so there's a lot of moving pieces a lot of things to track with that so like my mastermind groups or my um, roundtable conversation groups are getting access to that material that the people who are just on my business page aren't gonna see yeah that's right. good. And we're doing the same thing with our coaching program. Once you pay to become that program, like you're going to be able to get on our weekly calls as long as you're in the program, but you're going to get a membership or uh, access to a, that group. And whether you're continuing to pay for the service or not, you're still going to be in that group and you're going to get that insider information. Absolutely. Um, this is amazing. There's just so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> Fire away. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other questions that my small business owners ask me all the time when it comes to social media. Um, oh, can, can you shed a little light for us on the Facebook algorithm? How does that work? So I have an audience of, you know, 300 people or I have an audience of a thousand people. What, what's the percent that of my audience of my fans that are actually going to see my content and is there a way to increase that? Yes. And this is great. So if we're looking at it from a perspective like your fan page or business page or whatever, um, this is 
it's a, a two different types of traffic traffic which are just the people engaging with you coming through you have the kind that you earn and the kind that you buy and facebook's going to reward you for things like how many people actually engage with your post if people engage with it then they're going to keep showing that to everybody that's in your audience and if there's other people out there that have access to it then they're going to be able to show it to them also now they also really really incentivize you for live videos and this is super cool for me i just learned uh earlier today in my studies um when you use the live videos facebook rewards you for that a lot more than pre-produced videos and today i just learned for the people that are scared of screwing up on a live or anything like that they're kind of hesitant about it you can pre-record videos edit it however you need to and then there's other software out there that you can use that uh, you can use that to upload it to Facebook on your page and it will show it like a live even though it's it's already pre-recorded and Facebook's going to incentivize you for that so that's your earned traffic and then on the side of buying I suggest you use Instagram and your regular Facebook profile to throw out posts and see what people interact with and the ones that get the most engagement you post that on your Facebook fan page because people are going to interact with it and then you pay five to ten dollars to boost that post so even more people interact with it and if a lot of people interact with it Facebook algorithm says great continue to show this to a bunch of people if it gets low engagement then Facebook's algorithm says stop showing this person's post to anybody <laughs> that's a really good um, thing there you said a couple of things that are really beneficial first of all Facebook live videos I, we've all heard a, a lot about Facebook live videos. How long should a Facebook live video be? Um, that's a great question. I think it, it depends on what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. Um, cause if you're on live and you're doing a Q and a, then as long as you want to get people engaging, then do it get people to commit to spending more time on your page the more time people spend on your page the more facebook rewards you because the more they're on facebook is what that's their ultimate goal they want to keep people on facebook so they're going to incentivize you greatly for just keeping that engagement but sometimes you just want to do something quick just to catch someone's attention and to get facebook's attention it's like i'm going to go live and then people see the get the alert for the live and they're like, oh, and they might not get on, but when they keep seeing that, then they're like, all right, I gotta see what's going on with these lives. So you can do a bunch of just small lives just to get people's attention. Okay. Um, the other thing that you mentioned is we want to be looking at, and you've mentioned this a couple of times in the call, so I wanna highlight it. You wanna be paying attention to what the engagement is saying on your posts. So you want to leverage that insights tab and really use the insights on each post to make the determination, what are people engaging with? What aren't they engaging with? And if you notice that you did this photo and it got uh, 150, 170 views, that's, that's pretty decent. But you, you did this video and it got 500 views. That's the one you want to boost. Yep. Boost the one that got the 500 views because chances are if you got 500 views, you probably got 20 to 50 engagements from that yep. 500 views. 
So if you're getting that kind of traction with it, that's the one you want to put the money mm -hmm. in. Exactly. Talk, talk to us a little bit about the stories. So what's the difference between the like Facebook lives and the stories <clears throat> and is there a benefit to doing stories and, and share a little bit of insight on those? Yeah. So stories are cool. Stories are, think of that as your new reality TV show where you're giving them the actual behind the scenes inside look to what's going on. And people love that. They love to be a part of the experience. So as you're working on something, just do a quick story just so people can see like, um, so Terry, what's a, what's a common local business that you guys work with? So it, Spin Frogs itself has traditionally done a lot of work in the medical community. Um, so I do a lot with like dentists and reflexologists, chiropractors, uh, people that are independent medical. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the small business community is very large here in the triad, the Winston-Salem area where mm -hmm. I am. Um, and there's a variety of industries that are represented in the small business community because we're all about supporting small business here in Winston. Um, well, I don't know if that answered the question. Yeah, so I can hit a bunch of them. Um, so if you're looking at more than medical, if you're a dentist or something like that, you could uh, do a quick story just talking about like your practice and what's going on behind the scenes. Um, if you have a certain operation that you're going to do, you say, "Hey, I'm just really quick. You know, just grab your phone. We're about to do this. Uh, we're about to do this. We have to do this, 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 this to make sure this works right. And this person's going to be so much happier with a better smile, and they're going to have boosts of confidence. And just let people get the behind the scenes and get excited about it. If you're a restaurant, then great. We have incredible ingredients. Look at this. We're freshly cooking everything, and just show them the behind the scenes that way they can be a part of the experience and see how you're actually helping people the value you bring and when they feel like they're part of the experience from watching you they're like oh man i see they're actually helping people and then when they see that they have the opportunity to give you their business they feel like by giving you their business they're helping all these other people who you display behind the scenes that you're helping out so they feel like they're indirectly helping and they're part of the cause and the mission it's that so, sneak peek we were talking about earlier yep exactly so the stories too it's my understanding that the stories are only there for 24 hours mm-hmm Okay. So what's the difference between the stories and IGTV? Yes. So I love it. So stories, like I said, it's that quick sneak peek behind the scenes. And it's one of those easy, you could put a call to action to it. If you get like, I think after 10,000 followers, they give you the swipe up feature where they can swipe up and it takes you directly into whatever you're trying to take them to. So if you're trying to take them to your website or to download a coupon or whatever it might be, you can swipe up from there and you, you got them. They're already watching your story anyway. And then they just interact with what they're, what they're, uh, what they're already engaged with. Now, when it comes to IGTV, that's your, that's another form of your TV show. And I love it. Um, you want to be careful with the length of your IGTVs. Um, research shows that uh, two to five minutes is a good, good span. And I would even mix the IGTV with the uh, 
your regular video posts on Instagram, you get 60 seconds. So anything you can do in that 60 seconds, put those posts out. And then if you want to create more value, you give them the longer IGTV that they can really engage with to, to get more value. And the thing is when they're scrolling though, you're only going to get 60 seconds to capture their attention with the IGTV before they can click the like view more. So you have to use those first couple of seconds to really gain their attention. I love that. Thank you so much for that clarity. Cause I've seen people like, um, Bill you and um, Brendan Burchard using IGTV, but then their IGTV, like they have that 60 second bite and then mm. it's click more to watch on IGTV. You click that, you watch, and it's like a 15 minute long thing. So maybe mm. their, their content might be a little too long even, but it might just be dependent upon their audience, right? So if their audience That's is true. engaging with it, then it's good length content. I am guilty of breaking the five minute mark on several occasions. <laughs> uh, I think it takes a really crafted, intentional message to get it to be 60 seconds to, to two minutes. It, and you have to be really focused on what you want to accomplish in that time because two minutes goes by real quick. Yep. And the way I could see it now is the better you are at what you do, the easier it is to develop that much clarity in that short period of time. Cause like when you're somebody like me, like you ask me a simple question, I'll give you a three minute answer. Um, and I have that mistake of, I just want to pour out so much value. So the videos get so long, but then you have to realize you can never completely cover everything in those two minutes. So the better you understand something the easier it is to to really dumb it down and simplify it you know i was always told the greatest leaders are the people that are able to take the complex and make it simple that's right that's right i think that's why it's so important for marketing professionals to not use all the marketing jargon that we have i think it's the same in any industry right like if a doctor is walking around using medical jargon people are going to look at him like why are you so full of yourself yep Stop. We don't, we don't care about your jargon. You're talking way over everybody's head. We have to bring it down to something that everybody can understand and can at least say, uh, I've heard that word before. What does that mean? And they're not feeling stupid trying to talk to you. Mm. It's a concept they're familiar with. Mm. Jeremy, this has been amazing. I'm just realizing what time it is and oh, wow. we're approaching that hour mark very quickly. Yes. And so I so appreciate you divulging so many amazing tips, tricks, and ideas to help our small business audience that's been listening. The last question that I have for you today is what's going to be the best way for them to get in touch with you directly if they wanted to get a little bit more insight into elite marketing? Yeah, so, and thank you so much for the time on the show, Terry, and trust me with your audience. I greatly appreciate that. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, I'm more than happy to answer anyone's questions. Uh, you can find us on our website, EliteMindsMarketing.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, at EliteMindsMarketing.com. I mean, <laughs> at EliteMindsMarketing. And if you uh, just want to get my personal Instagram, it's official underscore Jeremy F. So at official underscore Jeremy F. 
um, and that's F as in Frank. And just feel free to reach out. Support at EliteMindsMarketing.com is an email where me and my business partner both get that. We're really interactive. We're more than happy to uh, to answer questions and engage with people. I am guilty of giving away too much stuff for free. I even have training videos where I give away a whole marketing system away and <laughs> show the behind the scenes to our whole strategy. So I'm more than happy. I believe there's no... There's an, there's an abundance of people out there who need the help and whether I give my service away, whether my competitors take my service and my, my tools and my systems, like I'm still going to have enough. And I just believe in giving. I mean, giving and giving back is, that's my biggest passion. So if you guys want to reach out to me, feel free. I'd be more than happy to help you out with whatever. And you can find us on YouTube at uh, our channel's Elite Minds Marketing. I have a ton of free videos on there. I have a show where... I bring a bunch of other entrepreneurs in, small business owners, and interview them and really teach the behind the scenes of a whole bunch of different businesses just to continue to give you guys value. I love it, Jeremy. You're mm -hmm. such a resourceful young man. I so appreciate your knowledge, your willingness to share that knowledge, and your belief in the giving mentality because one thing that I've learned and have studied over the last few years is the people at the top of the ladder are givers and they work with yeah. other givers and the people at the bottom of the ladder are givers who work with a bunch of takers. <laughs> <laughs> so being a giver who wants to work with other givers who are working on building community and are looking for the best people and the best resources to make that possible. That's what it's all about. And you're right. There's more than enough business for everybody to go around. Mm -hmm. It's true. I so appreciate you being here. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you've enjoyed the show, help us share it by leaving us a review. Also, make sure to follow us at SpinFrogs, that's S-P-I-N-F-R-O-G-S, at Facebook and Instagram to be notified about our future episodes. This is your official invitation to an event, a happening a movement, lines of love and unity to celebrate beauty and diversity. Thursday, July 30th, 2020, your local time zone from 12.05 p.m. to 12.35 p.m. Get more information on the Facebook page and the Facebook event and the Facebook group, Lines of Love and Unity to Celebrate Beauty and Diversity. See you there.